Welcome to the Golden Rob Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. As always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connor. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. Just, just thinking back to previous episodes, did that sound less angry? Because Oh yeah, yeah no, 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 massively less angry. I think it was okay. about two episodes ago, you did it really softly, and then you kind of yeah. brought it back a little bit on last episode, and now you've kind of leveled out uh, somewhere in the middle. You're good. It's, You're good. I don't. I don't feel attacked you. when you introduce me anymore, which is okay, all that matters. Good. <laughs> I think it's the way that, like, the only way I can describe it is I kind of roll the letters together and growl a bit. I guess is the only way to. I'm not trying to do that. It's just the way I guess to. Well, no, I can, it's it's I can the exact same it. way when I when I do my introductions. Hello. It's just yes. it's rough. It's right at the back of the throat. Yes. The Adam's apple yes. kind of bounces on it a little bit. I get it. It's emphasis. It's not. Exactly, exactly. I'm just emphasizing the person's name. I mean, it could be even more awkward. You could turn around at this point and go, no, my name's not Connor. You've been calling me the wrong name for like eight weeks. And I'm just too It's actually polite. Bill. I don't know how you got confused, oh, honestly. I'm ever so, so I'm ever so sorry about that. Should we just like delete all the other podcasts and start again? Do you know how much work I've put into those? No. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> okay, we won't do that. Anyway, you're all right, anyway. I'm doing grand, mate. Thank you very much. How are you this week? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing really well. Thank you very much. Just, uh, just trying to plow on with some of my uh, YouTube content and personal stuff because counting down the days till I get married. I get married in twenty one. No, twenty two days. Um, so it's it's fast approaching. So whenever I'm not, you know, recording um, content and with my family, I'm just doing wedding stuff. And honestly. I can't wait for the wedding to be over just so <laughs> I don't have to worry about designing things, building things, just planning things, paying for things as well, because weddings are very, very, very expensive. No matter if anyone ever tells you like a, a figure of how much their wedding cost, double it. Okay. Oh, just, really? Just double it. Flat out double it. Because everything just like ramps up in price, especially the closer, closer you get, um, unfortunately. And what we've learned is that uh, we, uh, I proposed and then we, we, uh, set a date and there was about uh, just over a year so it was about a year and two maybe three months between um setting the dates and actually getting married and obviously in that space of time things go up in price as well uh... and companies and organizations you work with also put things up in price and you have to kind of battle with them to go hold on hold on no 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 you said it was this much and you're going to honor that agreement so yeah some little little tips for you. anyway this isn't a wedding podcast this is a pokemon podcast um and today i don't know about you i'm i'm feeling like feeling this is a bit gimmicky what did i don't even have a response for that that's not a normal conversation (laughs) (laughs) that that, i was i was reaching on that segue it it wasn't wasn't the best but this week we are going to be discussing some of the more recent uh battle gimmicks in the pokemon franchise and possibly where we think this could go maybe what we'd like to see and it comes off the back of a comment from chaos dragon um who says gimmick or feature you'd like to see in a future pokemon game so we thought we'd we'd do we'd do you know retrospect look back and then also look forward yeah yes do you want to kick us off then so we're gonna look all the way we started with the look back i presume Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. so first one you got you got the megas megas were the first real gimmick we were introduced to If you don't know what we're referring to by gimmick, by the way, we're talking about battle gimmicks. So the things that were introduced Mm. 
later dropped by Game Freak. Um, they were they were designed to kind of spice up battles a little bit, and uh, as it later became apparent, were like an instant win button for newer players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first one you got is Megas, probably most people's favorites. It's mine. Uh, is it yours? Yeah, probably. I mean, I remember when it first came out and everybody looked at it, or at least I looked at it and went, hang on, Pokemon are Digimon now? Is that, I get that. Is that what's yeah. happening? Yeah, they can evolve yeah, yeah. and then re- de-evolve yeah. again? That's de-evolve. not how Pokemon yeah. work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a good addition to the universe. I mean, we got a lot out of Mega Evolution. I think it brought a lot to oh, the universe. Yeah. If you consider the fact that like, AZ's war and stuff like that basically proved the concept of the multiverse and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the uh, post-game of Voras, you had like the link cable and all that kind of stuff that brought in the multiverse. I, 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 re- I actually do like Mega Evolution a lot. I think they maybe could have spread it out a little bit better. I don't think Garchomp needed okay. one. I don't think Charizard needed two. I don't think Mega. I don't think um, Mewtwo needed two. They could have given it to some other Pokemon that maybe needed it a little bit more. Yes. And there were unfortunately maybe too many Gen One Pokemon. Oh yeah, I'm looking at a list now because you've got the the three starters and and one of them gets two. Then you've got Alakazam, Gengar, Kangaskhan, Pinsir. Gyarados, Aerodactyl, Mewtwo gets to as well. Um, and so again, that remember, is... this is at the time when like Pokemon Go was big and that only had the yes. original 151. We were mm-hmm. on that nostalgia hype section of the Pokemon franchise. That's where we were at in time when this released. So it made sense marketing-wise. I just, looking back at it, kind of wish there were a little bit more for other Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, I'm actually wrong. Those mons that I said were introduced in X and Y. There was I didn't know this. There were other Pokemon, other Mega Evolutions introduced in Auras. Yeah, because so you got Mega Blazer. So, so, sorry, I'm over. I'm speaking over you. I will. I will. I will delete this section and and, and <laughs> delete let you it. go again. <laughs> delete it. No, we're keeping this in. Keeping it in. Um. So yeah, I'm just looking at this list. There is a lot of. Gen 1 Pokemon and Gen 3 Pokemon. Yes. Which makes sense because from I get it from the Auras perspective because of the remakes of, of Gen 3. So they wanted to introduce a load of Gen 3 Mega Revolutions. I get that. And then there's a handful of Gen 4 Pokemon in there. And I'm looking at this list and I can't see anything for Gen 5. Gen 6 kind of... Uh, it's Gen 5, I think I, you've got Odino and that's it. Odino, oh, that's it. Yes. Um, oh yeah, there it is. Um, I so Mega and Revolution. Gen six. The only Pokemon who evolved, who Mega evolved in Gen six, was oh. Diancie. See, yes. So you've hardly got. Oh yeah, there it is. So you've hardly got. So okay, right. I I want to I want to break this down. I, I don't want to be coming across as negative. I love Mega Revolution. I love the concept of it. I love how it can completely change a battle around. I love the fact that. It um, influences the Pokemon, so stat changes, uh, abilities, uh, typing. They can all you can switch them on on the fly. Um, and I know that we did that when we did the the Wedlock series. Now the Gyarados, that when it Mega mm-hmm. evolves, it, it's typing changes, and therefore its weaknesses and strengths uh, and and stab attacks change as as well. And 
I I love being able to use that in battles. Um, I love the designs as well. Like some of the designs are beautiful. I'm thinking like Mega Gyarados, for example, looks absolutely amazing. Mega Ampharos, like they feel like they don't fit. Okay, so to to go back many years ago when I first found out about you know um, people had, had modded Pokemon games and they could do they do custom forms and i was really part of playing them because a lot of the custom forms i looked at and just thought they don't look like pokemon anymore they don't look like they they just don't look like pokemon they look like somebody's gone oh i'll, I'll give it a try and kind of try and create my own pokemon whereas mm-hmm. these mega revolutions feel very much like a natural evolution for a lot of the the pokemon yeah i can see that and they, they work really well. And I love that Megas, for some Pokemon, took them from being, oh, I never really used that Pokemon, to, oh, I really like using this Pokemon. So, for example, like Mega Kangaskhan, Mega Pinsir, um, uh, and and I'm trying to think who else, like Mega Mor- Mor- Morville, um, Mega, um, uh, what's, the, what's the other one with the big gem? Uh, Mega Sableye. Like, they all, they're all Pokemon that I don't think people really bothered with, it's at least not in, in my communities that I, I, I'm in. And they really benefited from Mega Revolutions. It gave them a second lease of life, which I really like. They did. My worry with the single-stage Pokemon, especially, like yeah. Sableye, Kangaskhan, Pinsir, Heracross, the ones that you kind of mentioned, is we're now not going to see an actual evolution of those yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. And you just have this mega one that can turn on and turn off. and Because think about it this way. So if Pinsir got an evolution rather mm. than a mega evolution, mm. we might never see mega evolutions again. We probably will because mm. Game Freak, as we've said before, do listen to their fan base and the fan base clearly want megas back. At least a large vocal portion of them want Megas back. So I, I expect to see them at some point in the future. We still see them in Pokemon Go and things like that. So they're not gone from the franchise. Um, but if we'd got a actual evolution for Pinsir rather than a Mega evolution, they couldn't really have removed that from later generations. Mm. So it's almost like they've introduced something that you get to play with for a little bit and then it's okay. We're taking that away now. And that that's maybe that's just because maybe the initial intention, and it did seem this way that megas were going to stick around forever because yeah. they flowed on into sun and moon. They yes. flowed on into let's go Pikachu and Eevee. Mm. And it wasn't until sword and shield where it finally got taken out. And to my knowledge, a lot of that came down to the competitive community. Oh, really? Okay. So the so megas were basically an issue for competitive from day dot. You know, uh, Mega Kangaskhan was horrific. Broken. Yeah, it was just one of the one of the most broken Pokemon ever introduced. Um, and then once you had Oras came out, you know, Mega Rayquaza, mm. which didn't need a Mega Stone to evolve, was running rampant so people were like okay megas are something we have to kind of consider and play around now but the problem was when when you brought in z moves suddenly you've got mega evolutions and z moves on the same team Hmm. and it just became a little bit too much i get that i get i I can i can understand why um 
because Mega Evolution felt... So, Dynamaxing and Z-Powers felt very much like that's the gimmick for this generation. Once we move on, we're, we're not revisiting that. And it's very yeah. evident in, in Dynamaxing because in Sword and Shield, they say in several parts of the game, like, this is unique to the Galar region. Like, you cannot do this anywhere else. Whereas Mega Evolution felt like, at least to start with, that it was something that was going to carry across multiple generations. And maybe, I, I to me, it felt like this was going to be a a new staple of the series. Like, every game, every new generation introduces more Mega Evolutions. Um, so, and I, I think, I think I, I'm not sure whether or not they got cold feet, whether or not they were under pressure from from the um from the competitive community like you've mentioned but something feels like some somebody somewhere just stepped in and said no we're not having this anymore and like you've already pointed out and the, the reason why I, I think that's happened is if it had just been in x and y is the gimmick like you know Z powers and dynamax i would have been like okay that feels quite normal normal or us okay yeah it's a bit of a bit of a stretch that all of a sudden it's into two gens but one of them's a remake and it's on the same console i get that but then it wasn't dropped for sun and moon and ultra sun and ultra moon even though it was only post game it was only post game and no new um no new megas were introduced in those games as far as i'm i'm aware no because we got regional variants yes instead. that was it but then Let's go. We got Let's Go, which also had it. It's just really b- bizarre how they just kind of stopped when it felt like this is going to be something that just carries on. And part of me thinks maybe one of the reasons they they did that, perhaps, is because maybe they see it as a way to sell more more uh units where okay this is the latest gimmick and people are going oh wow that's new and shiny i haven't seen that before i really want that which is a, is a shame because z z powers just didn't appeal to me um they 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 look beautiful i get the the point of them but it just didn't appeal to me dynamaxing took me a while to get around to thinking oh my i really do actually quite enjoy this gimmick when you use it correctly um but it still, I still miss Mega Revolution. Out of all three of them, that's the one that I just felt bought. It didn't feel like a gimmick. It felt like a natural evolution, and and it made changes to the Pokemon that affected the flow of battle ultimately. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's just, I'm not quite sure. What, and I can understand a bit more if Mega Revolution was done and dusted. Oh, it's a thing of the past. But you've still got Mega Revolution in some of the mobile games. Like, Pokemon Go is introducing Mega Revolutions. It's not like, oh, we did that. You can still use it. Like, they are still introducing Mega Revolutions. You've got Pokemon Masters also in the same category where, you know, every now and again, they're bringing in new sync pairs. And guess what? Oh, this one can now Mega Evolve. And it's like, well, which one is it? Are we saying this is a thing that's done and dusted? Or are we... I'm a bit confused by them. So I think what it is, is it's still a thing that makes money. The designs Mm. still make Mm. money. They still play on that nostalgia and powering up sort of old favorites. I think perhaps, and then again, I am not a game designer. This is my layman's knowledge here. Maybe it was a lack of foresight in the mechanic itself. 
So the reason that we don't see Mega Evolution in Z-Moves anymore is because of the amount of items, what single-use items that need to be implemented in every single game if it were to carry True. on. Yeah. You know, every Pokemon that gets a Mega Evolution, you need a Mega Stone. And all those Mega Stones need to be uh, findable or accessible somewhere in the region. Also, yeah. all the Z-Crystals all, all need to be accessible through the region somewhere to be findable. And it's just like, uh, do we need that? Is that really a thing that we need to introduce? We've already got all the Arceus plates, yeah. all the Genesis drives, all the... I mean, we dropped all the gems and things like that because there was too many of them and they weren't oh, necessary. Yeah. Like, there's already so many single-use items throughout these games. And as it expands further and more Pokemon get introduced, do we need to fill up all these item slots and have all this data that don't really do much? I don't know. I mean, I, get may yeah. hmm, I can understand the idea of it because it, yes. was a, it was a collectible. It was a thing, especially in Sun and Moon with the Z moves, it was effectively your badge. Mm. Um, for a lot of them, there, I understand that some of them you could find throughout the region if you sort of explored and things like that but they they worked kind of as a badge system throughout that so i can understand the idea of wanting to be collectible in their home region mm. but then that just means that there's a whole bunch of them for every region they're on after i get i i do i understand that because obviously like you say like if you if you take into account Z crystals, plates, mega mega stones. Like suddenly you've got hundred plus items that you know you need. You, a you need to code into every game. B you need to find a placement for them. Whenever you move console or you know you upgrade whatever the 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 can't think of the word like the not the operating system but like what you use to design the the software and everything. Like yeah. they're extra items that you've got to program because they need a menu sprites and everything like that it's just mm -hmm. extra work every generation where if you keep all these things in it's just more things you've got to redesign and build from from scratch at some point um like all, all the all the mega mega pokemon all the animations as well um there's a, there's a lot of work that goes into this and as we said on previous podcasts like even though it's you know the highest grossing media franchise in the world that isn't all that money doesn't go to Game Freak to develop games. Only a small percentage of that goes to them, unfortunately. No, and we've and we've already got to a point where there's too many Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Is, yeah. is whether whether you like that or hate it, or whether you still are on that Dexit thing. Um, there are too many Pokemon to have in every single game now, and having too many items just doubles the work, really. So yeah. I'm not surprised they removed Megas and Z-moves and Dynamaxing and things like that. You did say, though, you weren't a big fan of Z-moves. So, so, so okay. why? Um, For me, okay. So it, so when you think about Dynamaxing and Mega Evolutions, they, uh, they change the Pokemon and they change... Um, they kind of change the tactics that you need in order to battle the, the Pokemon or take them down. Whereas Z moves, for the most part, just felt like it's normally a guaranteed one-hit KO move. And I, I just didn't, I didn't like that element of it. I rarely used it in battle, so maybe that's part of the, the issue. Whereas like Mega Evolution Dynamaxing, I used in competitive battles. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas Z powers, I just, I just 
didn't. Um, and I'm one of them that I don't like one and done items that, that are, okay, use it once, done and dusted. I like to put items that strategically help that Pokemon or, or help the team overall. And the problem is with, with Z powers is that there are how, how many type 18 typings at this point. What are the odds that you have the right Z crystal on the right Mon to take down the right opponent? Like it, it just felt like, okay, if I'm going to use this, I need to run Z crystals on all six of my Mons to make sure that I've got coverage. And then once you've used that one that one attack, oh, well, all those items are suddenly useless now. I can't use it. At least with Mega Evolution, you build a team around that Mon that you want to evolve and you've got a strategy for it. Dynamaxing, very similar, where you can use it both offensively and defensively, def depending on the flow of the battle. Whereas Z-Powers just felt like, I'm hardly going to... I'm, I'm, what are the odds that the one Z-Crystal that I've got equipped will give me you know, an advantage. I might also use other items. So I, I, re I rarely used it. That was my frustration, I, I think, with it, was that it just... I, I could understand it more if if the way that it maybe functioned is that, you know, wh whichever Pokemon you've got out at that current time, you, it, you, you press Z power, and it was like, okay, you can pick any of the typings, and you can just go okay. for it, and you would benefit from stab if, if it was a stab-type attack and obviously do less damage. But at least that way, I'd feel like, okay, I, all I need is a Z-Crystal on my most powerful Mon or one that has Swords Dance, for example, or, or Dragon Dance to boost its attack, maybe. And then I go, right, okay, now I've set up. Okay, they, they've bought out this Mon to counter me. I'm weak to it, but hey, I'm faster. I'm going to use a Z-Power and, and kind of change the flow of battle. That was my frustration with, with Z-Powers. Is It just felt like... There was too many variables to truly benefit from it. So you wish Z power or Z powers were more like Dynamax, effectively. Um, effectively, to some degree, I don't think it should have the the benefits of some of the Dynamax moves because I do of like course. the fact that Dynamax moves can you know improve your defense, improve your attack, whatever like that. Z power for me should have been a, a, a one hit, super powerful attack. Your opponent might survive it. They might I don't know use protect to absorb some of the damage, or they might switch out and and predict and and things like that. Um, but I the the in way the way I would have liked to have seen it, there would have been a difference between Z power and Dynamaxing moves. That's fair. So my issue with Z moves, and I do have an issue with Z moves, because of course I, I, I've realized <laughs> as we go on with this, I, I'm just the complainer. I'm the one who has issues with everything. That's not true, by the way. I love this franchise in its entirety, mm. just to a point where I can criticize it and not yeah, hate yeah, yeah. it. That's, that's, that's kind of the way I stand with these things. Um, no, my issue with Z moves is less to do with the actual mechanic itself okay. and more to do with the length of the animation. Okay, right. Okay, because yeah, I get on, it. Like, on. there's some some of them. Like, I especially like the dragon move. And They're beautiful. I think like Snorlax's uh, signature Z move. They're yeah. gorgeous. They're yes. some of the best animations we've ever seen in Pokemon. But for a normal playthrough, I don't want to watch that every time I mm, use it. Mm, Come on, mm. it just. And you, as you say, they're the strongest moves, so you really do want to be doing them sometimes. And it's just like. I mean, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I get, I get that, which is a shame because some of the animations and the character models and the moving and everything like that, and they, they, they look absolutely beautiful. They look amazing, and you can tell that the 
developers have put time into animating them and making them look great. And unfortunately, it was just a... Just for me, it's, it's the most forgettable gimmick. And maybe that's because of implementation. But it might be that I'm playing Sun and Moon wrong. I've only ever played it, I think, twice through and uh no three times through one of them wasn't even to completion because I, I lost when i was twitch streaming um doing a nuzlocke and um it always felt to me like z crystals i didn't like the fact that they were they were, they were kind of locked behind okay you have to beat this this basically the gym leader but it's, it's not it's the it's the whatever they're called um the um what are they called the people trial captain the trial captains that's the one so then then you know you get you get the z crystal and it just goes into the bag and I, I never never use it again unfortunately and maybe i'm just playing it wrong i'm sure we'll get comments from people going yeah you're supposed to like you know the ones that you get just before the next trial are the ones that you're supposed to use and you're supposed to go out and get the pokemon and then but the problem is with that 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 relies on the person having unlimited time to go out and explore and train up loads of different... I haven't got time for that in my life, Yeah, those games are already long enough as it is. Yeah, exactly. And then they're expecting... Sun and Moon is specifically. They are. And don't get me wrong, they're, they're, there's parts of me... There's a lot to love about it. Yes. Yes. And I don't mind a bit of a longer Pokemon game, to be quite honest with you. And I do... I'm, I'm one of them now that looking back, I do actually enjoy the story of, of Sun and Moon. They were trying mm -hmm. to actually do a story, uh, which some of the older ones didn't didn't really have. But anyway, I'm, di I'm digressing here. Um, but the, the Z powers, the, there's there's a lot of love, a lot of a lot to love about them. I just didn't like for me as a casual player the implementation of them. Yeah, no, no that makes sense to me. There was too many items, and yeah. it took too long to do them. I agree. Uh, yeah. Leaving us with Dynamaxing. So I, I'm going to go first on this because when it was first introduced, I absolutely hated it. The more I've played the game, the more I've fallen in love with it. To the that point where to it, it's it's nearly up there with Mega Evolution. Um, and I can understand when it first came out and people were saying, well, it's the best of both from Mega Evolution and Z-Power. I can understand where people are coming from. And I've done enough challenge videos and video series and just in my um just in general battling other people competitively online they it feels like the most natural of the three in terms of changing the flow of battle if that mm -hmm. makes sense um i love the fact that like i mentioned you can use it defensively you can use it offensively you can use it to boost stats or boost um or, or um apply field effects as well um some of the um some of the uh the pokemon that benefit from gigantamaxing absolutely gorgeous like M machamp for example like l absolutely love how that looks when it gigantamaxes um what was the elephant one i always forget the elephant one that rose uh, uses not um, that's the tiny one no the it's a something it's a it's a steel yep, pokemon that's all the i big know steel elephant thing yeah that's oh, the one that's gonna wind me up yeah, now. It's, it's me too, ah, that's the one um absolutely love it's like i i i really rate dynamaxing and it's one of the ones actually that i am i'm a uh, i can understand why they're not going to carry that over into Gen 9. But I can't help but say I'm a, I'm a little bit, not upset, but I'll be sad to see it go. See, I like Dynamaxing. And the thing is, it didn't feel 
much in the same way that Z moves did. It didn't feel like I push this button and take out a Pokemon. Yeah. It, yeah. And there was strategy to it, especially exactly. in competitive. Mm, and mm. more so, weirdly enough, because way back when uh, Pokemon created VGC, people were like, well, hang on, it's doubles rather than singles? I'm not sure about that because most people fight in singles. That's kind of where yeah. they're comfortable. That's what the yeah. story is and all that kind of stuff. Mm, mm. But VGC is doubles, which if you don't know is uh, the video game championships. I think that's what it stands for. Anyway, it's it's Pokemon's official competitive uh, Pokemon tournament style, and it's double battles. Dynamaxing is the only one to me that stood out as a, yes, this really makes sense for doubles. Mm. Z-moves kind of feels like a one-on-one. It's my Pokemon, my yes. one Pokemon does a very powerful move against your one Pokemon. Mega Evolution kind of did some benefits for doubles, but again, felt more suited for singles. It's one Pokemon that gets really powerful. Yeah. Dynamaxing, yes, it's one Pokemon that gets really powerful and has lots of health. But the moves it does either affects the battlefield or your team as a whole. Like being able to... Uh, use a flying type move and suddenly your teammate is faster because they're stood next to you was huge Mm. and really changes the game and how you play it and the utility that you have out of Dynamaxing. So that that for me is why I liked it more because, and again, unlike Z-Moves and Mega Evolution, you couldn't just use it all the way through a normal playthrough. You basically were limited to using it in the gyms, mm-hmm. and not even all the gyms. Yeah. And that was it. Um, I do wish the gym leaders used Dynamaxing better. Uh, yes, I'd, I'd agree with that. It, it, but I think that comes... Go on, what do you mean by better? I think we're on the same wavelength, but just... Uh, as like... in, they always waited until their last Pokemon, yes, and yes. just like, oh, well, now it's big, and it's like, well, okay. Yeah, but... and, the, and they're pretty much limited in terms of moves as as well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. like, you know... Um, the 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 Elder Goss, which is the first um um Dynamax Pokemon you come across, pretty sure it only has grass or normal type moves. Um, the second gym with Dreadnought, a little bit better because obviously it has dark rock, water, and I think normal. So it's got a little bit more coverage. But that's what I'd like to see where depending on, you know, what, what how that battle is flowing, that you know, the AI was a bit better. Um so it would go, actually, you know what? throw a curveball, I'm going to set up with the first one, I'm going to Dynamax, and then let's see what we can do. Um, it is a little bit annoying, like you say, it is always the, the last one, unfortunately. Yeah, and as you say, like Dynamaxing was, unlike Mega Evolution, unlike Z-Moves, it could be used on your entire team, so at any point you could yeah. pull that trigger. It wasn't a case of like, oh, well, I know they're running their Z-Move on their Mimikyu, I know it's their Charizard that's going to Mega Evolve. It's... Any one of these Pokemon at any time could go big and change the game. Like I was watching I was watching a bit of VGC the other day, and somebody Dynamaxed, I think it was their Elder Goss okay. in order to pull off a really specific move that gave them the win and then switched out immediately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like because nobody ever expects you to Dynamax Elder Goss, yeah. that 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 eventually won them the game because of the very uh, specific interactions that went down there. Right. And it's just like, if if that was Megas or if that was Z moves, you wouldn't have had that option. You'd you mm-hmm. were locked in before you go into the battle. 
And that's yeah. why I like Dynamaxing a little bit more. It's just, it's the versatility of it. Yeah. I like that. I do like that because you can you can build a team where obviously everyone has their like win conditions. Okay, I, in order to win, I'm going to, you know, set up Swords Dance or Toxic Spikes or whatever it is. But you can... Depending on how the battle is going, you can you can forego the original strategy of oh I was going to Dynamax this Pokemon, but actually based on their team and what I've seen, I'm going to Dynamax this other Pokemon because it makes makes more sense in in that um, in that battle. Uh, whereas obviously, like you said, with the other two gimmicks, you can't do that. Like when you go into a into uh, if you take a Mega Pokemon in, you kind of unless you you're rocking Mega Stones on all six Pokemon. Chances are you're not. You're limited, and mm-hmm. there might come a point where you're thinking, if I Mega Evolve now, there, there's, there's no benefit. I might as well have had another item. And the same with Z-Powers. You could end up bringing a Z-Crystal, uh, putting it on a Mon, and because of your opponent's Mons, you just, there's no benefit to using it, or you're not going to get the full benefit from it. Whereas Dynamaxing, because you can just use it on any Pokemon, and those Pokemon can still have held items, whatever it might be, and obviously you can really flesh out your diversity by looking at the different TMs and HM, not T, T, uh, HMs, TMs and TRs um, to really make sure that whichever Pokemon you're Dynamaxing could potentially have four different um, four different type moves. So you've mm-hmm. got that coverage um, in battle. Um, just while we're on Dynamaxing, though, I, I do want to... I, I have to point this out, and I think I've mentioned it on the podcast at least twice now. I love the fact that it's also involved in the story as well. Um, yes. So you get you obviously make it to the top of Rose Tower, and um, all of a sudden you you you're faced with uh, Eternatus, uh, which Gigantamaxes, and then you participate in a raid battle to to fight it. That to me is my favorite Pokemon moment. Absolutely love it. Everything just works when that Pokemon Gigantamaxes because suddenly you're like, oh okay, this this mon is a threat it feels very much like a threat and even when you've got you know two legendary pokemon supporting you and and hops wooloo or double because of course he brings a double to fight a, a, a legendary pokemon it, it just the epicness of it all and i think that dynamaxing just really helped it to cement it. I, I think it it cemented itself because of how it was implemented and just the hype around it. So, for example, when you're in a gym battle, they're down to their final mon. They Dynamax it. Oh, I've never seen this Pokemon, you know, Dynamax or in the in the later gyms, Gigantamaxed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a brand new Pokemon that you haven't seen. It's Gigantamaxed. The crowd's all kicking off. You've got the music in the background blaring away. It, it just works so well in terms of both, you know, the battle mechanics, but also the setting the atmosphere and the tone of the game yeah and i and i love the inspiration behind it as well i don't know mm-hmm. if you know this no go on so 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 the idea was when the team came together to come up with sword and shield they were like oh it's going on the switch so you can have it in your hand in small or you can go big on the tv Oh, that's nice. maybe we should go big with pokemon Oh wow! I I like that <laughs> that's idea. That's where it comes from. That's why oh, we that's have Dynamax. So cool. Is because they were like, "Go big." Oh, that's I I love that. I absolutely love like creative type people that are able to do stuff like that. Just just you know, look at the real world examples and the, and then add something, change something, implement something. Abs- absolutely love it. Um, do do you think 
any of these are ever going to truly make a comeback, i.e., okay, two two questions there. Do you think that they will eventually become, okay, this is coming back and it's going to span multiple generations, or do you think we might ever get where, okay, this this game takes place in this region, and guess what? There's also Z-Crystals here. I think it'd struggle with mm-hmm. Dynamaxing and Z-Moves mm-hmm. because they are intrinsically linked to those regions. Yeah. Mega evolution isn't so much, you know, it's it's suggested lore-wise, which is something I care about more than anything, mm-hmm. really. Lore-wise, AZ sent off the ultimate weapons laser, it went into space and it came down, and that created mega evolution. It is just a thing that exists within that universe now. So all the regions within that universe can theoretically access mega evolution. And, you know, we've seen that now in the anime where everybody's got mega evolution. Uh, Z moves are again. That's an Alolan thing, and it is tied to the Alolan Guardians. Oh, so, so is it is it region based then? So you couldn't yeah, take the very Z crystals away. Like, so it's very much. I I'm pretty sure the Z crystals are tied to both the Alolan Guardians, so the Tapus, yeah. and Necrozma. Oh, Necrozma. It, like the Z crystals are parts of Necrozma. To the best of my knowledge, oh, oh, I might. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's correct. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's correct. But remember, <laughs> we are recording this live, and I am human. Um, yes, but yes, I'm pretty sure that's the case. So to get Z moves out of Alola is a stretch. Okay, realistically, you might see, you might see somebody use it. Yeah. And then go, okay, you beat me in a battle. Here, have a Z crystal. Yeah. And you get kind of one. And maybe you get the peak of Z, whatever it is. Like the one that, that lets it use its oh, million yes. volt. Yes. Million volt barrage or whatever it's called. So you might see that. Dynamaxing, I don't think you could do it outside of Galar. One. The Dynamax spots are, again, intrinsically yeah. linked to Eternatus. Eternatus. I can speak today. It's great. <laughs> the Dynamax spots are intrinsically linked to Eternatus. Yeah. So the Darkest Day and all that kind of stuff that happened in Galar, as far as we're aware, didn't affect any other region. Mm. So it wouldn't make sense for other regions to have Dynamax spots. I get that. And also unless they're going to carry over the big football stadium style um, arenas going forward, Mm. which from what we've kind of seen in trailers for Scarlet Violet doesn't look like they're going to do, there would be simply no room for Dynamaxing. Which is a a shame in some degree, because one of the things that I do like with Sword and Shield is is the the raid battles that you can compete Mm -hmm. in. Um, And, you know, the trailers have already shown that for Gen 9, you can work with three other people you can wander together you can battle together you can trade together and it feels like that was a natural evolution of okay you've got to work with your friends to take down these big powerful mons and if they aren't big powerful mons then what boost do they get to 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 make it a challenge for you and they might they might have something in gen 9 some some battle gimmicks i'm sure they will that we're not completely aware of yet um mm-hmm. that might facilitate that in a different way that oh the gimmick in this in gen 9 
boosts the power, you know, or the abilities or the typings or whatever it might be of this Pokemon. So you do actually need to work with others to take it down. Um, but it just felt like Dynamaxing was that. It just worked. Oh, look how big and strong this Pokemon is with shields. Yeah, you're going to need three other people to um, to help you take it down. It just, I, I just loved the, I just loved Dynamax. Just it, it affected multiplayer, it affected the story, it affected single player. It just, it just felt like it was really thought out. And no matter what type of player you are, competitive, casual, you could take advantage of it, but also had to deal with it as well. See, weirdly enough, I never did much of the single raids, nope. but when the expansion came back and they did the raid oh, dens, yes. yes, that I was suddenly a big fan of. Like doing them back to back to back was that good. Was fun, great, actually. yes, yes, it was. It was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't, I didn't do it that much to be honest with you, which is is a shame. Um, and I've been meaning to go back and try and get some of the shinies that way because apparently the shiny odds are, are, are really good for some of the Pokemon. Um, but what? What okay? Should we look forward now? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, look yeah. forward. So, you know a little bit more because you've done your theory videos around Gen Nine. So, do you want to just very quickly sum up like what you discussed in them? So, I it depends. So, I think we're going to get a couple of different styles of gimmicks. Mm -hmm. I think the specific battle gimmick will be some way of changing typings. Okay. And my thinking on this one is the fact that, you know, we've had evolution. We had mega evolution. We've had, we've we've messed around with evolving pokemon. We've messed around with moves. Those are two of the most fundamental aspects of pokemon. The only one left is typing. Mm -hmm. So, being able to change up your typing on the fly, I think would be an interesting mechanic. The way I pitched it was a case of you you basically rub whatever crystal you've got and you pick an aura for your Pokemon. So you, for instance, have a Charizard who's up against a Blastoise and the Blastoise it's used is no doubt going to use its water move. Uh, so you choose to take on a grass type aura. So that adds grass typing to your Charizard. So you now fire flying grass. You're not, because of the interactions of all those typings, you're not technically resistant to water, but you, you're no longer weak to it. So you take neutral damage, but your normal type moves, at least this is my thinking of how this kind of gimmick would work, would be your normal type moves take on the same as like abilities like Aerialate and Refrigerate and Pixelate, oh. where it basically, whatever aura you take on, your normal type moves have that damage type. Okay. And because you've taken on the aura of that typing, you also have stab for it. I like um, that. I, I, so, I like that and then it only, it, much like Dynamaxing, only lasts for like three turns, so you've got to be careful when you use mm -hmm. it, and once it's done, it's done. Right. Okay. I like that idea because a bit like Dynamaxing, it inf influences on both competitive and casual mm -hmm. as well so it's obviously something that you need to be aware of as you are you know playing through um the game and what i also like about it is that it helps to one of, one of the big issues we've always had with gym battles is oh i use rock and oh look there's grass and water type pokemon just outside the gym go, go and get them first and then challenge me 
And once you, you know, once you've figured out the, the typing and what mons you can use, it's very rare that you struggle with most of the gym leaders. There's always one or two that throw you a curveball. Whereas this feels like suddenly you you know you've got the grass type Pokemon, you're gonna go against the rock type gym leader. He uses his aura. Oh, suddenly he's a fire type. So suddenly your grass your grass Pokemon are now at a disadvantage. So it mm -hmm. helps to helps helps to A force you to build a diverse team to to cope with this. But also it could be used to give the gym leaders uh, or whatever name they have in this. Um a just a bit of a difficulty spike that I think they've needed for a while just to freshen up the, you know, the single type gym battles, which I am I am against now. I don't like that. Um, simply because it is a little bit easier. But if they were to implement this, it helps to balance that out a little bit. I think it also works the other way, though. So we're, we're still... We don't know a lot about this game still at point mm. of recording. So it's supposed to be open world. Does that mean if there are gyms, we can approach them in any order? Yeah. If so, well, what if I take my water Pokemon to the grass-type gym? Well, hang on. It doesn't matter so much anymore because I can just put a fire type aura on them and suddenly we're in a much better position than we were before. Yeah. You know, so it, it works in both ways. Yes, the gym leaders can use it to give you a bit of a difficulty spike, but it also makes it slightly easier for you earlier on when you don't have so much diversity to your team. Mm. I like that a lot. I hope... Do you... Okay. Do we think, though, we're going to have an issue with this where you start out and you can't use any auras and then every time you battle or beat a gym or a story element it's oh now you can add fire type aura because you beat the fire i type really gym. hope not yeah i um, really hope not i hope they just introduce it as like here's how the mechanic works yes i mean the issue is that obviously are you going to be able to choose from all 18 typings every time you use it because that can get quite confusing, I, especially if yes. it's adding a third type to your oh, Pokemon. Oh, yes. Oh, because yeah. the interactions between three types and stuff like that is... Whoa. So, I mean, some people, myself included, still occasionally have issue with the normal type chart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. Some, of the some, of the some Pokemon typings I have got down to a T. Others, even now, after playing Pokemon for I don't know how long, it's, wait, what? I'm weak to that? And it just... Yeah, I, I, it's resistances. I couldn't yeah, tell you for the yeah. life of me what bug resists. No, oh, I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know, unfortunately. Um, one way they could balance that out, though, maybe, is that, you know, every time you go to, you know, the surrounding area around a gym, for example, it could be a case of, okay, you've entered a new area, therefore your aura isn't as strong here. You only can access three of the auras. If you want the others, well, you need to go out and catch a corresponding Pokemon from that area. So if you go out and catch the Clefairy that's just in that the, in that cave over there, you can now add fairy auras because you've got a fairy type Pokemon. I don't know, they could explain it around, you know, your sink has been boosted or, you know, you're, you've... you've taking that Clefairy's aura or whatever it might be. And that would be a way to, A, make sure that, you know, it isn't overkill at the start or confusing at the start where you can suddenly go, okay, you've got 18 auras throughout the rest of the game, but go have fun. And it would, A, it would make it so that you have to think about, okay, the gym leader's coming up. I know the week to grass. This is my team. I'm probably going to need a fire, a flying mon and an ice mon. And therefore I'm going to go out and, and try and catch those Pokemon. But also, it's an opportunity 
to do what Legends Arceus did, where he actually rewards you in some way for going out and, you know, exploring new areas, catching new mons, um, you know, diversifying your team, uh, and just... I just think it'd be a nice way, maybe, to implement some of the some of the gameplay loop that we had in Legends Arc is that everyone was really positive about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I fully agree. I think the other thing I I was thinking of when I came up with this theory, which you can find on my channel, by the way. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um <laughs> the idea that you have auras rather than a form change for every single Pokemon. But given what we've seen previously, do you think we're going to get some form changes? I ooh. no, or some so, signatures, some okay. kind of signature oh, okay. aspect of the gimmick. I so if we are going down this aura route and you can add a third typing, I want to say no. It's probably just going to be a quick animation. And then they have got an aura around them, like that you can physically see that is the color of the typing that you have added, maybe. And the only reason I think that is because to do any kind of changes that affect all Pokemon, like physically change the 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 um the design of the Pokemon, means that the developers then have to take that into account when they are designing said pokemon Mm -hmm. and it might be that you know i I don't understand the software that they use to develop these games and it might just be that they they have it where okay every pokemon these are the colors that you can change so for example charizard charizard's orange like i'm pretty sure they could create some kind of algorithm that goes okay if they've chosen the fairy type or you change the rgb values of this monster therefore the red now becomes pink for example but to do that across all Pokemon, I don't. I, I that's why I think we're not getting Mega Revolutions where you know the the actual form changes or Gigantamaxing where again the form changes. I think if it is this adding a, a, a third typing as an aura around your Pokemon, it will just be your oh your your Pokemon is reacting to your aura, and then it'll be like you know like Dragon Ball Z style where they have the energy thing around them and it's the color of whatever type and they've taken i think that's what we're gonna get yeah i think we will get form changes for pokemon but i don't think they'll be tied to this gimmick no it'll be like regional pokemon it's similar to it yeah i I think it's gonna have something to do with like time travel Mm. like you'll have like past forms of pokemon future forms of pokemon whether they come to you or you go to them i'm not entirely sure yet but that's kind of where my thoughts lie with it see that one seems more manageable from a development point of view of oh we've not got it however many let's say there's 400 pokemon in this game i I don't know i'm just i don't know if it's been confirmed like obviously not all of them are going to have past and future variants similarly because Mm -hmm. that you're doubling the amount of pokemon that you need to design so they'll they'll probably be you know 20 30 maybe the legendaries will be in there you know maybe one or two um pokemon for gyms or the champion or whatever format it takes that have these these alternate forms that they take on. And we've seen that done in, in previous games um, with the Mega Revolution. So I think that if we are going to... What we have to like think about is ultimately, you know, Game Freak is limited both in, both in terms of time and money to some degree. Um, and therefore, they can't... They, they, they won't implement things that require 
wide sweeping changes for for the majority of the game because ultimately mm-hmm. it impacts on development length and they they're already you know against it in terms of you know the crunch so to speak um which is so a shame gone so i was gonna say so that's what i think is going to happen mm. what would you like to see happen oh that is it oh so um i don't know because i'm kind of like shoehorned into this 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 type um gimmick um i think what i'm oh see i'm trying to come out from a point of view of like i, I could wish for anything now but ultimately i have to take into account like what is realistic no you don't them no i no, don't. don't no, no, no don't. this is this is just like what somewhere in the future not like scarlet uh, and violet just okay. what would you like oh. to see implemented as a gimmick oh wow um if i had to implement something what i oh i don't know how this would work i would love to see um a six on six battle I just for the chaos of it, like literally. Okay, you've been ch- so it's basically like the horde encounters with, with, from uh-huh. from Gen Six, where it was five v one, except for this be six v six, because then suddenly some some Pokemon that, that don't excel on their own, they are very much built for double battles, can suddenly make a huge difference to your team. So I'm thinking of. Um, Mega Glade, uh, well, Glade has Wide Guard, for example. Mm-hmm. Suddenly being able to use that across your entire team of, of five other Mons, absolutely fantastic. Things like, you know, you could have one Pokemon set up Sunny Day, and on the same turn, your other two or three Pokemon could all use Fire-type moves, for example. Um, so I'd quite... that I, I'd like to see that. Just be... And for those of you that like watch my YouTube or follow me on Twitch or whatever, like I just love chaos. Like whenever there's like a chaos element introduced in the game where everything's just a little bit mad, where everything's happening all at once and you can't keep track of it. I love that kind of stuff. So six v six, I think I'd like to see. What about you? Nice. Oh no, this was you weren't supposed to throw this back. Oh, <laughs> well I have to go. <laughs> Uh, what would I like to see? Um, off the top of my head, I'm not stalling for time. No, it couldn't possibly be me. Um, <laughs> a battle, it's very specifically a battle gimmick. Oh God, I don't know. Um, some kind of, uh, um, uh, battlefield, uh, maneuverability. So yes, you okay. are able to change up the field, for instance. So if you create uh, i don't know how how you do this so this is suggesting like you're getting into like real time strategy kind of movement here uh and it just changes up what pokemon is but yes. yeah no i'd i'd love to see it like if you create earthquake okay suddenly the or you use fissure and it misses now there's still a big gap in the ground that your pokemon have got to navigate around and you like you can use uh certain moves like push them into it and things like that mm, mm. would that be crazy yes of course it would uh but that's what i came up with off the top I, of my head i so <laughs> i would like that i would absolutely love that whether or not i'd want to see it in a mainline game. mainline game is another thing i think because um i remember when they announced uh bdsp and somebody created a trailer where it was a mix mm-hmm. between bdsp and pokin so mm-hmm. you get to the battle. It's like I think I think it was Flint. He's like, okay, let's battle, and you know the the the, the main Napoleon runs yes. across and stuff yes. like that. He's doing the whole Naruto run. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I'd love to see it. Oh. I'd love to play it. I'd love to experience it. Yes. Again, maybe not for a mainline game because no. it is so different. Yes, I think they'd have to. That would probably fit better for a Pokemon style game where there's a limited amount of Pokemon to choose from. You can have your arenas. Um, I, 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 I would like to see it. I would. Um, okay, are we done with gimmicks? Anything else you want to mention? I think that covers the vast majority of it. Okie dokie. Well, let's move on then to our weekly Pokemon Journey discussion. So if you're new to the podcast, uh, basically we uh, watch three episodes of Pokemon Journeys each week. And then we just go over our thoughts, feelings, what we liked, what we didn't like. Uh, And this week we're kicking off with episode 20, Dreams Are Made Of These. Can you remember it? Yeah. Um... What was this episode about again? So the thing a- is, I watched all three of them a couple of days ago, and, this, and then you, and even yeah. when I finished, I finished <laughs> the third episode. I was like, I don't remember the first one so, I watched. So I have to. So I deliberately make like bullet points because typically when I, I in an ideal world, we'd watch all three of these on the day of recording because then it'd be fresh in our heads. But it doesn't work like that because we have lives outside of this recording. So typically, I, we record on a Wednesday. And I then watch the three episodes on the Thursday and Friday while I'm working from home, ready for the following Wednesday. So by that point, I've forgotten some of the main things. So what I sometimes do is oh, write down... Oh, I know this episode. Yeah? This is the, the, they're leading the children around. Pokedex race. It's a Pokedex race, is the, yes. way, the, the way I kind of Oh, this is it. a filler episode. So, yes, it, it is a filler episode, but there were some... Nice elements I liked where it didn't completely... It felt like it was fleshing out. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. So one of the things they do is they they encounter some Meowths and Persians, and then they encounter Rattatas and Radicates. And then it's basically a gang fight um, Mm -hmm. where these two gangs end up fighting. But then I got thinking, well, actually, no, it's more about, like, it's showing the food chain in the wild, isn't it? Because surely Mm -hmm. the cat Pokemon would eat the mouse pokemon and you know the evolved forms would try to protect their you know offspring or you know their their family whatever it might be um but then (laughs) bizarrely officer jenny interrupts and says it's dangerous to stand that close to a pokemon battle is it a pokemon battle if it's in the wild surely it's just pokemon trying to eat other pokemon for food i i think it's pitched at least to the younger audience that no 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 it's It's just a fight fighting is just what they all do it's fine this is this is totally normal and totally natural and it's all good but as an adult though i did enjoy the going oh, okay this is how the pokemon would be in just the city in the wild and they still have to eat obviously and they some pokemon would obviously work together to either protect themselves or to you know like you see in you know everyday life with wild animals so there was parts of this episode that i did actually enjoy that fleshed out but i don't think they did it on purpose that's that's the problem <laughs> this wasn't like okay. okay this is the creative decision that we have made for this episode that while it might be filler there's an underlying educational piece that we are going to teach people about pokemon it's it's not that at all it was just like okay how can we pad it let's out just wander, in the wild let's just wander around the city okay here's here's a meowth here's some radita yeah. Oh, I guess Ash should have a battle. I guess yes. Go should catch some so, Pokemon. So the, the yeah, so the the Go thing, Go just catches Pokemon. That that's his thing. I didn't expect an Ash battle in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking about it, probably should have done simply because it's a long episode to just have them educating children and trying to you know go go out and teach them. Um, I quite enjoyed the battle. I, it was great to see Meganium because I absolutely love 
Meganium and watch and eat, eat, eat fights. And one of the things, I remember last episode when I said, like, why did Pikachu use Quick Attack against Polyrath? Mm-hmm. Because like, obviously it can use electric type moves. Now, thinking back to that and then this week, like, Meganium starts charging up Solar Beam and Ash responds with use Quick Attack, which makes sense. So obviously Quick Attack basically is sacrifice a bit of power, but hopefully you get in there quick or you get to your target quicker in order to mm-hmm. attack. So suddenly I'm like, oh, okay, I'm starting to understand a little bit more around how moves differ between the anime and the games and, and, and yeah, how it works. Yeah, because you, you can't clothesline someone with an iron tail in the no, game. No, no, exactly. Yeah, so it is very, very, very different. Although this is the worst episode ever simply because Meganium loses. Oh, dididdums. Yeah, yeah. It's a, just a, it's fiction, okay? So I can say Meganium wouldn't lose in real life. Um... And this Farfetch that keeps popping up. Um, do do you remember it? Do you remember it? I don't actually. Oh, okay, I was watching okay. this and I was like, "You again!" I was like, "Who did I did I miss something?" Yes. So there's a Farfetch that pops up three times in the episode, and Go tries to catch it, and, and the first two times it hits it the Pokeball, hits the Pokeball back at Go's face. Absolutely love it. And then on the third time, he finally catches he softballs it. it. Yeah, <laughs> so he manages to he manages to get the farfetch, which is an extra mon, and it does re like it does reinforce that Go hasn't given up on his dream of getting Mew. He mentions it in this episode, uh-huh. so, so so obviously we're not just forgetting that. And, and then we even see Mew in this. We episode. see Mew. It's the it, so my first thought when you see the Lugia was oh, it's the same Lugia from episode one. It's following them around. That's interesting. Only then to find out it's not a Lugia. It's the Mew. So. They're obviously not dropping this whole plot point about Go trying to get a Mew and reinforcing that Mew is in this. So does this series end with Go getting his dream and Ash getting his dream? Or maybe only one of them gets their dream, maybe? Well, hang on, because Ash Ash has specifically stated that beating Leon is a step on the way to becoming a Pokemon master. Oh, okay. And he okay. even says it again in one of these episodes that like, yeah, if I beat Leon, I'll be one step closer to my dream. Becoming oh. the best Pokemon trainer in the world isn't enough for him. No. And that's why like uh, I've seen a lot of times people are like, "Oh my god, if Ash wins, that's it. They're going to drop him from the franchise. We're never going to see him." And that's never going to happen, guys. No. No. no, it's no. no they're keeping Ash as the protagonist that's forever it. and ever yeah. and ever and ever. Yeah. Like there was, there was a, there was a question of like, are they going to replace Ash with Go? And it's like, well, that's not uh, going to happen because Go's, Go's partner Cinderace or uh, Score Bunny or Rabu, yeah, Rabu as the yeah. case may be at the moment. You know, that's, it's, yeah, it's a great Pokemon, but it's not Pikachu. I don't understand how. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to have a main protagonist whose partner isn't Pikachu. No. Pikachu is more is more the star of this show than Ash is, really. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'd agree with you there. Like, you you, you could, you, I, I believe you could potentially drop Ash. You couldn't drop Pikachu. No, so I don't think Go will replace him. I just don't think we'll ever get rid of Ash. I think his dream has been left purposely nebulous mm. so that we never, ever have to get rid of him, no well, matter how good he gets. 
That's it. And the thing is, like, Ash saying that he wants to be the, the very best, the Pokemon master. Well, isn't it a coincidence, then, that every single generation, there's new champions and new gym leaders to fight. So there's always going to be somebody for Ash to prove himself against. So, like, th this is it. This is it. For Ash is going to stay at, what, 10 years old for the next 100 years when Pokemon is still a thing. Um, that Yeah, we just got Ash for life, which I'm okay with. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um... Should we move on to the next episode? Yeah, let's do oh, it. Okay. That one, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry there wasn't a lot to be said about that one, but it was just kind of like a, eh. Yeah. It was fine, but it was kind of forgettable. I, I enjoyed it, but I can understand that compared to the next two, it, it doesn't hit as hard yeah. as these next two. So the next one is episode 21, Caring for a Mystery, and it's an excellent episode. Way there you go. That was slightly better. <laughs> um, so the main mystery throughout most of this is what's in the egg. Did you have any thoughts? Uh, when I watched it the first time, yeah. I don't think I did. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, uh, egg, cool. Well, okay. mm, interesting. Mm. So, did you ever watch the Lucario movie? No, I didn't. No. So the Lucario movie introduced the concept of the Aura Guardian and lucario yeah. okay so this idea that lucario can sense auras and it was put forward in that one that ash had this ability to or he had a strong aura hmm. now aura is this kind of nebulous concept within pokemon that kind of it's like tuning into the infinity energy of pokemon okay you know all, all the way through while we've been watching this on this podcast i've been like ash is on a wavelength with his Pokemon. He gets it. And you've seen that over and over and over again. And it is visualized so well in this episode where he turns and it's real. You see it through Riolo's eyes and he looks at Ash and Pikachu as they kind of stand there for battle together. And they're just radiating. And you mm. can tell that they're in sync and their literal like vibrations are on point with each other. And that's why Ash is powerful. That's why Pikachu is powerful. It's not that, you know, we, we you said a couple of weeks ago, oh, has Pikachu got really high IVs? No, it's because Pikachu is in tune with Ash. When Ash, uh, like, sacrificed himself all the way back at the very beginning, when he threw himself in front of those Spiro, mm. that was Ash and Pikachu being like, okay, we can come together now. You are emotionally invested in me. I can get emotionally invested in you. Their hearts syncs up the power of love the power of friendship radiated between them and now they are some of the most powerful beings in all of the pokemon world and that is aura and that is what ash radiates this ability to just be in tune on an emotional level with pokemon and yeah. i freaking love it and Good i love the guys. fact that just Riolu, he could hear Riolu calling out to him mm. from an egg yes. from the next town over. So, what? yes, I know, right? So, like, for me, not not watching this, and obviously they mention about uh, it, the Pokemons for you, from Unova. Um, was it that? Was it Unova? Sinnoh. Sinnoh. It was from Sinnoh. Um, so I, I'm there trying to figure out, like, well, what? Pokemon is it? And it can't be a legendary or mythical because they, they are pretty much stated not to hatch from it. Like in the games, other, other than, is it Pion or Manaphy, whichever one gives birth Fion, to the well, uh, mm. so oh. Fion, so Manaphy is the only one that can lay an egg in yes. captivity ah, and okay. you get Fion from it. But we know that Dialga Palkia and 
Giratina all come from eggs because you have the event in Heart Gold with the yeah. Arceus. Uh, we also know that Moltres, Zapdos, and Articuno all hatch from eggs because you see them in Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah, we do. So, oh. so legendary Pokemon do also come from eggs. Oh. The only thing is we've never been able to breed them in captivity. Right. Okay. That may, okay. That makes a bit more sense. And it ties into what they, um, what they say at the start, because they mention about nobody's ever seen a Pokemon lay an egg, yep. which still ties into the game because they always say in the game, oh, we just found this egg lying around. So it makes me think that it's a bit like, sorry to get a bit gross. You know, when like a dog looks at you while it's pooping for like, you know, confidence or whatever the reassurance whatever so it's a bit like the opposite of that so pokemon's about laying egg you approach it and it's just looking at you sorry waiting for you to go so you can finish laying this egg just staring at you like oh this is awkward i'm gonna i'm just gonna walk away i wasn't i wasn't ready for that um (laughs) okay uh i mean yeah sure i i like the way they explained um egg moves though Go on. Because they, they explain that the Jigglypuff was singing to Azuril the whole way through it being an egg. And then when it hatched, Azuril could use sing and sang the same song as Jigglypuff. Which oh, implies that. that that's how egg moves work. Is that they're learning oh. from their parent yes. whilst they're in the egg state. It's really cool. I really I like never that bit thought, of lore. Yeah, I never thought about that. Because obviously in the in because I in the games, because I play randomized Nuzlocks, I am so used to you you getting gifted the eggs and the Pokemon mm-hmm. always have disappointing movesets. But I completely forgot that yes, if you breed two Pokemon in you know in the games, they pass on moves to the offspring. I completely forgot about that. And that does make sense, doesn't it? Like like you say, you know, if that egg is around other pokemon doing their moves that they would pick it up and it helps to explain why you know why riolu as soon as it hatches just seems to have like broken a broken move set and what i do love about about it is that when ash finally like supports the pokemon and he's giving he just knows what moves this riolu has and it just well, goes- he does witness it use vacuum wave immediately to be fair Oh, did I miss that? Did, am I it, reading too it, much it, into it? It hatches this? and uses vacuum wave on Ash. Yeah, just no chill. Just absolutely just uh, wax him. Um, I do, I, I do love Reilu in, in this episode. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, he's going to get a Lucario at some point. Um, but I'm interested to see, you know, this 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 friendship develop between the two and the respect that they have. And it, again, just goes to show that Ash is building up an absolute killer of a team for this season like he has got an absolutely broken team at the moment uh, my only my only one criticism of this game of this episode if i have to do if i have to say anything uh that egg hatched way too long we all know you have to walk 10 kilometers for the really good eggs <laughs> but it already came all the way from Sinnoh. <laughs> yeah but hold on how does that work does it just does, does if it's on a train or a car does that count towards the 10 kilometers or do you have to walk because we see a load of people in this episode that have are just carrying eggs with them just on backpacks or rucksacks or whatever it might be do we see that yeah yeah there's there's uh, it's at the very start where they're um they're talking about professor alm and his eggs he was a student of professor oak and um that people go around they walk with their eggs to hatch them all oh, right okay yeah, Fair so it's a bit like oh 
okay. Right. How does that? I'd be interested to know how that works. Um, you got anything else for this episode? No, I just really like this episode. I like what it's setting up with Riolu. The idea that Ash is like in sync. We might. I think Lucario is going to be like this season's Greninja. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Oh. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. So third and final episode for this week is Goodbye Friend, which is Ugh, sad. Go being the worst yeah, again. Oh, I know. It's just... So let's try and do it in chronological order. Um, so they're obviously... They're, they're on the train, aren't they, to somewhere, and they're having a bit of a... Uh, oh, yeah, they're going to the home region, aren't they, to Little Root Town. Uh-huh. And um, what the first thing that I absolutely love is the fact that they're having a drawing competition and just <laughs> neither of them can draw. Although I'm pretty sure the, what, the first one that Ash draws is a Garchomp. Yeah, they're both supposed to be Garchomp. But I looked oh, at both? Ash's one. Yeah, they're supposed to both be Garchomp. <laughs> But I looked at Ash's, I was like, that's a Garchomp. And look, yes. it goes, I was yes. like, why is, is there antenna on it? Mm. Mm. It's, it's not good. No, I, I couldn't figure it out either. Um, and then we we come across some uh, Zigzagoon in the wild. One of them looks injured and another one tries to steal an item. And Rabu knows that Rabu isn't messing around. He knows that something mm-hmm. is up. And because he, he's, he's seen that con before. He's he pulled has. that one. Yes, he has. So he, he a rabbit back when he was a scorebun, he knows knows the type to 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 look out for. Um and the whole point that they are there is to, you know, have a look at all the butterfly that are going to be um that are going to be hatching. And I absolutely love the fact that the kids just respect this, like this, you know, beauty of nature where Go isn't trying to catch them and Ash isn't trying to battle them. And they both make reference to this that just this once they are just like absolutely just amazed by I this like that it's, experience. I, I like that it's wordless as well. It's like, he, he turns around, he's like, don't you want to battle them? I. It's just like, yeah, me too. And it's like, oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. What, a, what, a, what a lovely sentiment. It is, absolutely. I just, I just love it. The fact that, you know, they can take a moment to go, okay, these characters would react differently in, in certain circumstances. Because I did think about it myself. I was like, uh, well, if Go really just wants a Silcoon, if he catches one right now, he'll get the Silcoon and the Beauty Fly. Yeah, perfect, yeah, perfect. But no, uh, obviously has a bit more, bit more self control than uh, he's been led on to. We've been led on to believe in this series so far. Um, and then the kids go to to bed at night, and Rabu sneaks out. Yeah, so we get the explanation that Rabu is in a rebellious phase, mm. which is supposed to explain sort of why he's not looking go in the eye and stuff like that for the last couple of episodes. Mm. Did did that did that sit right with you? Did that explain as a parent? Did no. this <laughs> no because no? no because like rebellious stages like they they. It just feels like it's an excuse. Are they going through the rebellious stage? It's like, well, no. Obviously, something in nature or nurture has led to that. And what can you do to, you know, support support Pokemon in in this scenario and try and understand them and figure out how you can help them. Um, so I don't I don't quite understand that because I still think from what we've seen in previous episodes, the reason Raboot is acting up is just because it's sick and tired of Go's shtick. Um, yep, and just wants to. It seems like to be a, be the partner of a someone who has a bit more um, 
What's the word I'm looking for? Competency. Not, competency. Yes, that's the word we'll go for. Because Go is isn't that, unfortunately. And you know, he is on a different journey to to Ash. And if he, in terms of experience, he's way behind. So I can understand Rabbit's frustration, especially seeing how Ash handles battles compared to mm-hmm. compared to Go. Um, but it turns out that this isn't Rabbit isn't leaving for, for Pokemon battles. He's leaving to basically hit the nightlife. To to go take part in sharks versus what is it the sharks versus the oh god my west side story knowledge Wait, is what? failing me now oh you've lost me I, i've never seen west side so sure baby okay. shark versus something else let's just leave it jets that, yeah? the jets. sharks versus the jets there, we go. there you go oh he's yeah it's taking it taking taking competition ba- dance battles dance, dance battles po- po- pokemon to the streets yes and that's basically what we get they they are just having a dance battle to decide is it who gets the area it's uh, yeah who who gets to control the area i guess yeah so we get a bunch of loudred turn up um who i i do like how they're depicted in the anime they seem yeah. like they would be that i was watching when i was watching i was like yeah that does kind of feel like how they would be very loud very boisterous very imposing yes oh oh definitely and it's not looking good for Reboot or or his his team of Zigzagoon in the um, was it the Ludicolo? No, it was Lombre. Wasn't it? Lombre. Lombre. Um, and it's not looking good for them until Go turns up. Yeah, and they support Raboot in order to win the dance off. Which yeah. I, I go on. What do you not like that? I. <sighs> I don't know. I get I get it. I get what they're going for, which is like, you know, you have this whole interaction of <sighs> The thing is, right? To me, Pokémon have always been friends. Mm. They're supposed to be the friends of the trainers, and it was kind of set up in this one that goes like his embarrassing dad. Yeah, I can and see that. It, yeah. It just it, it just didn't sit right with me. Maybe I'm like I started this whole podcast thing going oh yeah goes great goes fine yeah he just catches pokemon too easily that's my only problem with him as i've been re-watching this i kind of don't like him very much oh oh brutal poor go poor go um so but he shows up he claps yes. and that is apparently enough for Raboot to go okay i can keep to that beat thanks yes. for helping dad i really wish you weren't here dad but, <laughs> oh you're so embarrassing dad that, um that does seem yeah. like, now that you've mentioned that i can understand where Raboot's coming from is it is a na- is someone that has a nine-year-old daughter who is now starting to embarrass her apparently even though i'm just acting <laughs> out i've always embarrassed her i've always done um I, c- I can understand that but i do like the fact that they're you know rabu gets a bit of that respect for yep go and it's not through pokemon battles because ultimately that is where go is probably is his, his weakest uh, and he does have other you know strengths and, and stuff like that but Saying he that, pulls the worst decision ever. Yes, and he... we can't we can't be too mad because in season one, yeah, Ash tried to give up Pikachu. Yes, so I'm so I'm okay with him going. You know what? This isn't the right journey for Raboot. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna let him go off and and live this life that he wants to li- live. Whatever. I get that. What I don't get is like. And Ash calls him out on this is you did let him know that, right? And he's like, <laughs> no. And then the train starts moving. It gets a little bit emotional. Um, 
Although I was thinking, hold on, we've been either here before where it just turns up on the train and lo and behold, like last time, Rabu was suddenly on the train. But I do like the 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 go just let's go of all pretense, just I'm just gonna hug this Pokemon. I've I've missed it. Um I was gonna make a huge mistake, but it's turned out okay in, in this scenario. And whether or not but but the problem is like it's almost like okay, their their relationship was at a certain level. The relationship improved because obviously, you know, go help them out during that dance battle. But surely he's lost all credibility and respect because he just tried to abandon his Pokemon, right? Yeah. At least yeah. that's the way I would see it. It's like <sighs> Yeah, and Reboot forgives him at the end of the episode. I don't feel like he should have. <laughs> Mm, yeah, it's like yeah, I, I could have done without the whole leaving them. They out, didn't. I guess. They didn't have that moment where they both come running towards each other and leap into yes. one another's arms, and like yeah. we both made mistakes. We thought this was right for us. It really wasn't. It was Go thought this was right because he thought he knew better because he always thinks he yeah, knows yeah. better, yeah. despite the fact that he's got the um, to, to to quote Hermione Granger, he's got the emotional range of a teaspoon. <laughs> and I just, I just. Ash called him out once through this episode, which yeah. was a case of like, oh, did you tell Reboot that? Yeah. And it's like, you should be calling him out on so much more. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's like, I have to give, I have to give Go a little bit of leeway, a little bit of space, because he hasn't had the same amount of development time as Ash has had. Even though in, in the anime, they are the same age, Technically, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can, yeah, I can, I can understand frustrations with, with Go, unfortunately. And I think some of the frustrations, though, are, they could, they are as a result of, um, you know, he's naive compared to Ash. He's not a bad person, but he's naive. Well, I suppose this is it. We ask constantly, like, can you go to school or be a Pokemon trainer? Yes. You just get two different things out of it. Mm. Go, who went to school, is book smart. Yeah. Ash, who has lived life, has yes. gained maturity and a level of wisdom about how things work in the real world and how to interact with people mm. uh, in a social setting rather than a you know, structured one that is the school life. I like that. So basically what we're telling the audience is to stay in school unless you become an amazing Pokemon trainer. Yeah, and in which okay. case you'll be emotionally uh, you'll become a, an emotionally stronger person and yes. understand how the real world works and you'll become the top eight in the world at yeah. whatever it is you're trying to do there you sure. go. That's, that's how it works there we go done and dusted but as always i have a very important question connor are you up for playing a game uh, i guess so yeah so perfect there you go the challenge has been accepted um it's amazing that you could decline this at any point but for some reason you keep coming back for more um in front just, of me just a masochist i guess <laughs> in front of me i have three pokemon with three pokedex entries each and connor has to spot the fake entry are you ready yeah let's do it okay so first up is greninja it creates throwing stars out of compressed water. When it spins them and throws them at high speed, these stars can split metal in two. Second one. It, uh, it moves faster than light, appearing and disappearing in seconds. The only sign it was even there, if any, are droplets of water. The final Pokédex entry. 
It appears and vanishes with a ninja's grace. It toys with its enemies using swift movements while slicing them with throwing stars of sharpest water. Ugh, that was a rough one. They're all good, um, aren't they? They're all pretty good. I'm... I'm tossing up between the first and the third one. Uh, I'm going to go with the third one. Okay, it was the second one. So you just okay, completely sure. dis... Why'd you disregard that one? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I feel good then that the, the one so, fake so, poker... So my, thinki- my thinking was like, yeah. oh, well... Greninja, maybe your most exposure to it is in Unite, where like its throwing stars are its uh, signature. So maybe that's what you'll put reference to. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, then again, I should I should have listened to my own advice from weeks ago, which is if two of them sound the same, it's the other one because you won't ever make one that sounds similar to yeah. another. Po- yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, there you go. Right. Okay. Let's try this next one then. Uh, so the first one was Greninja. What do you think the second Pokemon might be? Is it Delphox? It is Delphox. Well done. You can have half a point. Um, Don't patronize so- <laughs> me. I will win this fair and square. Okay. First Pokedex entry. Uh, using psychic power, it generates a fiery vortex of 5,400 degrees Fahrenheit, incinerating foes swept into this whirl of flame. Second entry. It gazes into the flame at the tip of its branch to achieve a focused state, which allows it to see into the future. And the final one. Recently, uh, oh, sorry, recently thought discovered for the first time, research suggests that this Pokemon was hunted due to people fearing its psychic powers. Wow, okay. I didn't realize that Delphox went through witch trials. <laughs> I um... think that's why it's implying, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to say the first one, knowing it's probably the second one. It's the third one. Um, oh, come on! <laughs> I'm so sorry, yes. That's what I was hinting at with the witch trials. I'm glad you picked up on that. Um... Well, that's, that's why I was like, oh, there's no way you would write something like that. That sounds like something that would actually be hinted at in a Pokedex. Yeah, okay. okay, I'm quite proud of myself. So, obviously, we've had, uh, we've had Greninja, we've had Delphox. Can you guess what the third and final Pokemon is? Oh, Chestnut? No, it's, Car- it's Caterpie. Uh, <laughs> so the first Pokedex entry. It releases a stench from its red antenna to repel enemies. It grows by molting repeatedly. Second Pokedex entry. This common Pokemon can often be found in jungles and forests. If you smell a foul stench, then it's likely a Caterpie hiding nearby. And the third and final one. Its feet have suction cups designed to stick to any surface. It tenaciously climbs trees to forage. All right, so I'm going to follow my own advice from the first question and say it's the third one. Okay, no, it's the second one. So, <laughs> oh! Do you know what? Next week, I'm yeah. coming at you with these. Yes! Yes, okay, right. I'm absolutely okay with that. I've wanted to do this for a while. Yes, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Okay, there you go. I've accepted the challenge. So, um... Connie, you got zero, unfortunately, this time, which is a shame. By the way, I do want, I'd, I, I would love to know if people would love to see us at maybe like 50 or 100 episodes. We just do an entire episode of this. Oh, God. <laughs> see how many of yes. them I can't get right. <laughs> I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Um, okay, let's move on to letters and comments uh as always if you've got a comment or question you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on youtube or by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com uh 
Palm. Uh, we actually have uh, two questions this week. The first one comes from Captain Mod on Discord. Um, since the topic of old Pokemon games on Switch was brought up, I will put out my idea. They aren't just going to let them on, put them on virtual consoles on the expansion pass because they won't make enough money. But I think they should release them in two collections. A Game Boy collection with Gen 1 to 3 on one game and Gen 4 to 7 on a DS collection. Charge 30 to 40 bucks for each one and then take my money. What do you think on this? I, I, I hate this idea. Okay, go on, go on. <laughs> So my idea of like bringing them to the expansion pass, which I think we brought up in a uh, episode previously, mm, which is mm. why this comment was made, uh, sort of. So I've always wanted at least the original Game Boy games to come to the Switch yep. online store the same way that they did with the DS online store. Mm. And I thought realistically you should include them in the expansion pass because it gives me a reason to actually get it. Um, that that was the that was the thinking there sure you should be able to buy them separately i don't i don't think they need to be in a collection really I, unless the collection is significantly cheaper than buying each of them individually mm -hmm. like if i could get red blue yellow uh gold silver crystal for 40 40 bucks whatever yeah all right suddenly that's that's a pretty good deal mm. actually you know what that's not a bad deal but if I can get all of the Game Boy games, all of the Game Boy Advance games included in the expansion pass, I think that's just a better deal overall. And actually gives me some reason to want to pick that up. I get that. So, like, if if they did do this, um, I, I would... I probably would buy it, to be quite honest with you. Um, but I don't think they're going to. Uh, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One, they, those type of collections that you see where they group games together when they've been done recently on other consoles they are typically um re like remasters or hd or so i'm thinking like devil may cry was one of the ones i did or, or metal gear solid where they group them all together you know you're only paying 30 40 pound for all the games but they've they've had an overhaul they've had a, a, a you know a, a fresh coat of paint so to speak whereas they can't really do that with pokemon unfortunately um and in terms of releasing them as a one and done kind of okay here you go you can buy this game i don't think they do it because a it means that people can then sell those games on which means they don't get a cut of the the profit um and ultimately they are grouping games together which they would get more money if they sold them individually hence why when you know they released pokemon red blue and yellow on the 3ds they were what 20 30 pound each like they they weren't cheap, and one of one of the reasons why I can see them doing it this way is because if you release it as a digital only download and you buy it on the Switch, for example, then when they release the Switch Two or whatever that is, suddenly oh well, they don't work on this new console because it runs on a different format, and we've seen that with with um you know the difficulty trying to get older games on PlayStation, for example. Um, so I think if they're going to do it, they're going to release it as a digital download that every generation you can, every generation of console you can, you have to buy again. Basically, that's why I don't you know think what? this will I, happen. I, I, I might go back on my statement here. Oh. I actually, I, I, I've completely flip flopped on it now. And I now think I prefer this idea. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so again, I was on the thing of like, 
well, it, it would be better overall if it was part of the expansion pass, because then you just mm. pay for the expansion pass and you've got it for as long as you want and you get all of them. Yeah. But the problem is, if you ever stop paying for the expansion yes. pass, you suddenly don't have the games anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If they if if for whatever reason they shut down the Nintendo Switch servers in the future, yeah, you suddenly don't. don't have the games anymore. Yeah. If they did release them as a like bundle of gens one and two in one game, so I'm thinking similar to like the Sega Mega Collection, yes, which they've done. Yes. Uh, you know, I've got the physical copy of the Mega Collection, which is basically just an emulator with a whole bunch of ROMs. Pretty much, on yeah. One pretty disc much, yeah, yeah. On one on one thing. Um, that was effectively released on the expansion pass. So, it, but, but the thing is, as I say, if you stop paying for the expansion pass, you don't have the thing anymore. Whereas I, I bought the game. I will now have the game forever. Ah, I don't, mm, uh, hmm. mm, mm. Do I think they do it? No, because no, they no. make so much more money yes. any other way they want to do it. Exactly. Do I think it's a good idea? Yes. I apologize, Mod. I'm sorry I said that I hated it. I don't hate it anymore. I think it's a great idea now that I've thought about it for more than two seconds. There we go. Sorted. There you go. I think, I think, you, got, I think you got your answer there, Captain Mod. Uh, we've got time for one quick, quick, one more quick question. Let's do it. Uh, so this comes from Rising Phoenix over on YouTube. Uh, if you had to pick one city in any region of the Pokemon universe, where would you want to live? Oh, I didn't. Ooh, I didn't realize it was fascinating. city. I th- I read it as region, but city. Um, Ecrotique. Mm. Oh, how come? Because Ecrotique, I think, signifies to me what Johto is. It's that kind of like traditional area. Um, has the two towers that are gorgeous. I just like the architecture there. I think with. Plus, you're never that far away from Goldenrod either, so you can just kind of go down. And then the National Park is just there as well. Actually, yeah, I think Ecrotique's pretty perfect. Oh, wow. You Okay, considering that was on the fly, you, you've you come up with, like, a banging answer. I absolutely love that answer. I'm, I'm struggling a little bit because I read this as region. I was like, oh, yeah, region's dead easy, but actually a city? Like, having to pick which city to to live in? Um, oh, I would, so, probably, if I had to pick, maybe Vermilion, because it's close enough to, to the other cities that you can go there for a bit of shopping, uh, there's the, obviously the, um, the ferries depart from there, so it's quite easy to get to a couple of the other regions as well, um, which means it's probably quite easy to get over to um, Fuchsia, so you can go to the Safari Zone. There you go. There, there's my answer, just on the on the fly. I'll go for uh, Vermilion. Well, fair enough. Uh, right. What have you got? Uh, anything in particular you've got coming up this week, or you're working on? So this week, the plan is either yesterday or today, as of day of release, to release a video covering leaks on Pokemon. Not Ooh. current leaks. I will never ever reference current leaks in any of my content. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about the problem that is leaking within the Pokemon community. Having yes. a retrospective look at some of the older generations, basically since the mass adoption of the internet in Generation 5. How bad have they got? Why is it getting progressively worse? Why are even those who are really into like the leaking community maybe suggesting that the stuff coming out about Scarlet and Violet is 
worse than we've seen before and maybe not actually okay. fun anymore and yep. my thoughts and my feelings towards leaking in general interesting because like just very quickly to jump on that i i maintain that some leaks are done by the company just to kind mm-hmm. of get a gauge on what people think but i'm quite lucky that i've completely avoided spoilers from and, and leaks from gen 9 but i almost had something spoiled for me the other day and the issue is when it starts to creep into the when it starts to creep into the the normal everyday places that people go to or the content that they watch and then all of a sudden well, I, I brought up the point that like uh, at the time of writing if you put if you typed in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet into YouTube, three of the top five videos were leaks. Really? Yeah. Oh, and like the the annoying thing, like it, I'm okay with you doing a video on leaks if that's what you want to do. That's absolutely fine. Don't be one of those people that puts it in the thumbnail, yeah, especially if you're a big YouTuber. I I've had Game of Thrones was spoiled for me because of that because somebody decided on the morning of to put it on as a thumbnail for it. I was like, right, okay, fantastic. Thanks for that, mate. There's no quicker way to get me to like basically block you or just not just click the thing that says don't recommend this channel. Um mm-hmm. like don't don't be that person. Um in terms of what I've got going on, the, the, I'm I'm obviously still doing the cage lock with uh, Tommy at the moment, which is going really well. Recording good fun. I'm really enjoying that series. Good, good. It gets um where where are you where will you be up to now? Around episode seven you've just eight. lost your first cage yes match? okay so you are in for a wild time like the the first three episodes were quite calming and then for both of us at different points over the next few episodes it just it goes all over the place we're recording later on we're going to take on the seventh gym uh we are both under leveled like i think their mons are level 45 and because of the way the roms built i think they send out nine pokemon in total and yeah honestly i'm 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 absolutely dreading this recording session later on because i know that it's a because it's the double battles and the double battles are double battles yeah programmed correctly yes yes so they can have more than six pokemon which has come back to haunt me once um and the problem is you don't know which one has the six so you could you so it's quite difficult to get a two-on-one battle because you could be Uh knocking out several mons and then go i'm actually battling the trainer with six mons here not the one that has i think three um so so yeah so i've got that going on and i've got a couple of other basically i'm looking at my youtube channel thinking okay what what am i going to to do because i've got a couple of ideas that i want to do i'm going to move away from challenge videos mainly because they they just take too much time i can't consistently get them out and it's disappointing more than anything i've got a couple of ideas about things that i want to do um but i'm not ready to talk about them just yet but maybe in the future um all right, that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? Uh, Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. And I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoeing on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. As for the Golden Rob Podcast, you can find us on the usual platform. Search for Golden Rob Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be next. We will be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya.